Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Hope Church. Wow, there were some really enthusiastic good mornings there in response. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Uh, My name is Tim, if we haven't met yet, and I'm part of the team here at Hope Church. And I have the great privilege today to open up the Bible. So if you're new to church and even to Hope Church, this is the part of our gathering where we will open the Bible and we will um, explore some things about God and have him speak to us. So we believe that every time that we gather here, that God has something special in store for us, something unique, something specific. We're not just sort of studying an ancient text. We're sort of stepping into the presence of the living God who has something for us. And so you might have just wandered in here. You know, maybe somebody invited you. Maybe somebody told you there were some pancake, free pancakes here that were really, really good. And, uh, and so you just happen to sort of come in here not knowing that the God of the universe had already been here preparing everything that's going to happen this morning for you. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. God, God has something. So I, I hope every time that we get together here, we have a sense of anticipation of what God has in store. And uh, I'm excited to hear what God has to say right now. I don't quite know what God's going to say right now. I'm going to, I'm going to do the best I can with what I know and um, trust that God is going to say something significant here. So we're ready to jump in. And speaking of jumping in, well, first of all, before we jump in, if you were here last Sunday, um, how many of you um, were here last Sunday were able to hear Pastor Savannah talk through Psalm 139? Wasn't that amazing? If you didn't hear that or see it, Go to live.discoverhope.church. You can watch the recordings there. You can uh, sign up for our podcast, subscribe to our podcast. I listened to it while I was traveling on the podcast, and it was amazing. I was fired up. I was like, oh, man, like I was ready to go. I, I was on vacation, and I was like, man, I, I want to get, I want to do something right now because it was just so good. So go check it out. We're talking through the Psalms. And it's a section of the Bible that is a collection of songs. They were actual songs, just like what we did here this morning. They had uh, melodies and harmonies, and they were um, songs that the Jewish people would sing together. And um, over the years, the, the, the music side of it sort of faded away. We don't have that anymore. Uh, but we do have the lyrics, the poems. And this is a collection of poems that we've been exploring. And if you don't know the Psalms, let let me just sort of bring you up to speed quickly on what the Psalms are. They're they're not just like this, like collection of of poems that that somebody at one point just randomly sort of put together and decided to include eventually in what we call the Bible. The Psalms were a specific response for the Jewish people to the law of God. So the first five books of the Bible, does anybody know what those are called? The Torah, 
the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those first five sections of the Bible are called the Torah, and in them are the law of God, the laws of God. And so these were given to the Jewish people so that they could begin to enter into relationship with God. And the law, I don't know how, what that does for you, that word, um, but it's a bit heavy. Uh, nobody wants to be like chased by the law, right? You, you don't, you don't want to see the, the, the flashing blue lights in your rearview mirror. You know, the law doesn't have like the best of, of vibes to it. Um, and so the Psalms were put together specifically by the religious leaders, the Jewish religious leaders, as a response to the law. It was a way for the Jewish people to learn how to pray and praise God within the context of this relationship that was based on the law. And I love the balance of that. That, that, that God in his, in his infinite you know, understanding of human beings knew that yes, we had this law over here that was a bit heavy, and eventually there would come one, Jesus the Christ, who would, who would fulfill the law and bring grace and freedom, and we would no longer be under the weight of this law over here, but in the middle of it, he gives us the songs as a way of understanding the law through a grace perspective. They're beautiful, beautiful writings. And if you've never seen them from that perspective, you can go back and read through them now, and you can see it from a different light. And so that's what we're doing here in this short series. Uh, but speaking of jumping in, so uh, my, I'm sort of jumping back in, my mind, my heart, my, my, my whole person, um, because for the first time uh, ever, ever, I think ever, um, I, I took two weeks off of work, and I'm just wrapping up the two weeks. And, um, and during those two weeks, my family and I had a first ever trip. We were able to travel together. Um, and uh, we went to the island of Oahu, and we had an amazing time together, and God just sort of gifted us this trip, and it was, it was so much fun. We had so many great experiences, and, um, and I wanted to share one of them with you. We, so um, uh, we found this place where um, we could jump off of very large rocks into the ocean. And so check out me and my boys uh, jumping off of a rock in Oahu. There's me in the middle. So, so yeah, that was us jumping. And so I, I know some of you are like, Tim, the last thing I needed on a Sunday morning was to see you without your shirt on. <laughs> jumping off a rock but no we we had a ton of fun so this rock in um in hawaii it was um, about 30 feet tall and um and so we climbed up the side of this thing and it was not an easy climb in fact in order to get to the place where you sort of climbed up the rock you had to go past the sign that said danger do not jump off the rocks and so you had to ignore that and um, climb up the rocks and you, you get up there and you're standing there and you can see like forever. And here's what someone, here's what a travel writer had to say about this, this exact place. As a traveler, there are some things I'll never do. I won't eat whale or turtle meat, 
we saw some turtles when we were scuba diving, and I don't know that we would ever eat turtle meat again. Um, I won't surf alone at an unfamiliar break, good advice, and I won't jump off a cliff into a body of water, right? Like this is, and, and she goes through telling the story of a friend of hers who ended up jumping off of the rock and, um, and loved it and now does it every time she goes there and it's like a, a, a big deal for her. But at the end of the article, she says, but I'm, I'm content. I'm just fine not jumping off of rocks, you know, way up in the air into the water. How many of you have ever, has anybody here ever jumped off of a, a cliff before into water? Yeah, some of you have, yeah, yeah. So you can, you can, you can like, you might even be able to experience some of those emotions even now, right? So I get up there and the boys, before this video here, the boys had already jumped off. And so um, I was parking the car. And, um, and they had already jumped off. And so I get there and I knew that I was gonna jump off the rock. Like I had already said it in my mind that I was gonna do it. And, um, and so, and then the boys did it. And so you have two teenage boys. I mean, you can't, you know, it's, it's not good English, but you can't not do it, right? And so, so I knew I was gonna do it. I set my mind to it. And I knew that if I stood there, stood there too long and looked at it, that I was gonna psych myself out. Right. So I walked up and I knew and also I knew Nicole was recording over here. Right. So um, so I got up to the thing and it was much higher from up there than I thought. And immediately I had like Jurassic Park sized butterflies in my stomach. Like these weren't just like normal butterflies. These were like dinosaur butterflies in my stomach and I could feel the fear. I felt like I was already falling before I even jumped, right? Just the whole sensation you have when you take the leap. And so I, and so I but I didn't pause, I didn't think about it, but I didn't wanna miss the moment too. So I, I sort of stepped up, I looked around and then I just took one step and I whoosh. And it's funny in the video, you can see the boys, their toes are pointed straight down right and 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 they they're pointed down because they're into it like they're fired up they're excited they're like yeah let's go you know they're embracing the thing and their feet are my feet are pointed up because i'm like i'm like ah, you know and it, and it was awesome and we did it again and again and again it was it was a ton of fun i highly recommend it if you ever get the chance to do it how many of you in your lives have ever felt like standing on the edge of something significant and the only way to get to it was to take a jump have you ever had a time in your life and i'm asking this question knowing that all of you have um, have you ever had a time in your life where you've had to just sort of take the leap you've had to take a step out and you've had to trust a situation you know, for many of us, we like safety. We like comfort. It actually feels pretty good to be right here where it's solid, right? I'm not, I'm not planning on jumping off of this thing, right? Like it's, it's, it's super solid. It feels good up here. We like to be in comfortable places. But here's what we know about following Jesus. Following Jesus is not about being in the comfortable places. It's not about sort of positioning ourselves in the most safe, the safest, most comfortable place that we could get in and 
simply enjoying the presence of God. In the presence of God, there's a certain element of danger. There's a certain element of adventure. And I think for a lot of us, we've experienced this Christianity, this, this, this thing of following after God that is designed to position us in the safest way possible. And I think in the heart of God, there's an element of danger. There's an element of adventure in it. And if we're not careful, we'll miss it. And we'll miss out on the exhilaration that is in store for us when we take the leap of faith and we follow after God in something. So how many of you have ever faced something like that in your life and you've taken the leap? Now, maybe not physically, but you've taken the leap, maybe emotionally, spiritually, professionally. You've taken the leap and you have found that as you went through that, that next season of taking the leap, that it was amazing. And it was awesome. And maybe you don't want to do it every single day, but it was a, an amazing experience. And this is what it's like to follow after God. And in the psalm that we're going to explore here today, I'm able to take a little bit more time to, to kind of lead up into it than I normally do because this is the shortest psalm of all the psalms that we're going to explore today. It's the shortest chapter in the entire Bible, in fact. It's only two verses long. And, uh, and so how many of you, anybody in here um, OCD? Yeah? You, you, you're, this is confession time. Any of you, you're laughing, but you won't raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. Linda's like, yeah, me, me, me. Um, I asked that question earlier today to our group of volunteers, and um, somebody said, oh, you mean OCDO? Because you have to add the O on the end if you're truly OCD, because you know there's an O on the front, so you have to add, it has to all balance out right? OCDO. The chapter we're going to explore today is the exact middle of the Bible. The exact middle of the Bible. And all you OCD people are like, yes, I love this. I'm feeling good about this. It's Psalm 117. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. We'll have the two verses up on the screen. But we're going to jump into this Psalm and we're going to, we're going to ask God to Remind us of the leap that he asks of us when we follow after him. And, and maybe you've been following him for a while now, maybe many years, maybe many decades, and you have forgotten what it felt like to first jump off the rock in faith and trust the love of Jesus to catch you. Um, Maybe you're here today and you're just exploring this thing or you're watching online, you're listening to the podcast. And for you, you've never, you've never taken the leap. And today can be your day to take the leap. But I think for all of us, I think what God is doing here today is he's reminding us that the life of following after him is an adventure. It's not meant to be boring. It's not meant to be safe altogether. The safest place to be, many say, is right in the center of the will of God. And while it's true, sort of that statement, it's not altogether true because when you're in the center of the will of God, he's got some things for you and they're not gonna feel safe. Now he's always got your back. He's always watching after you. 
But the life of following after God is not that, not that safe place that, that our humanity wants it to be. And so let's jump in. Psalm 117. Now, as we jump into this psalm, here's what you need to know. This is one of um, a group of psalms. Psalm 113 to 118. That group of psalms is called the Egyptian Hallels. Does anyone know what word we use that we get from the word Hallel? Anybody? Hallelujah. That's, so this word Hallel means praise, and we get our word Hallelujah, praise Yahweh, praise God. Um, hallelujah, that's what that means. And these are called Egyptian Hallels, and here's what would happen. The Jewish people, at the time of Passover every year, would sing these songs together. And the reason they would, if, you, if you're not familiar, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, God miraculously, divinely, powerfully, just hugely rescued the, the Jewish people out of the nation of Egypt as they were slaves. So he rescued them from slavery, brought them out of Egypt. And since then, the, the Jewish people every year up until this year, every year since then, the Jew, Jewish people have celebrated God bringing them out of slavery. Now, the way that God brought them out of slavery is that um, he sent after many wounds and many opportunities, the Egyptian people kept rejecting God. He sent his angel of death. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gnarly story. Uh, he sent his angel of death. Firstborn in, in every household was killed night unless they had the blood of a lamb around their door frame which was a symbol of the blood of jesus the messiah who would come and shed his blood for all of humanity if they had the blood uh, over their doorway the angel of death would pass by would pass over that house and only the jewish people had that on their door frames and so their firstborn uh, firstborns were spared and the next day, they were released from Egypt, and they were uh, off to the promised land. And so every year, the Jewish people celebrate Passover. It's called the Egyptian Hillels. Here's the cool thing about this. The cool thing about this is that they would sing these during the Passover every year. They still do. They would sing the first few before the Passover uh, meal, and they would sing the last two or three after the Passover meal was done. Psalm 117 that we're exploring right now is one of those that they would sing after the meal. Jesus, with his followers, two of the Gospels record that after the Passover meal and before Jesus was betrayed and arrested that night in the garden, you ever catch that, that, that little sentence that says, and they they." They sang hymns together. Go back and read the story of the Last Supper. You'll see they go through the whole Last Supper, Judas. If it comes back on, it might be shouting at you. Um, but they sung together songs. This is one of the songs that they sung that night together before Jesus was betrayed and arrested. That's the significance of this. All right, so here we go. You ready? Psalm 117, verse 1. It says this. Praise the Lord. 
all you nations, extol him, all you peoples. And I'm just going to read verse 2, and then we'll talk about it. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. So there's two bookends to this psalm. Praise the Lord and praise the Lord. So this word praise, this word praise is not a calm, uh, sort of chill, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of in my quiet place. I've got my, my, you know, my headphones on and I'm just like, like quietly praising the Lord. In the original language, this praise the Lord is a super energetic, excited, um, uh, in fact, in, in the original language, uh, it actually means shout to the Lord. It's, 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 this, it's this, this thing that where the author is saying, I want you to get excited about praising the Lord, about lifting up his name, right? This is something that we do, and we do it here every Sunday, right? We sing these songs together, and we, and we do what we call praise the Lord. Now, for many of us, praising the Lord comes naturally because you've been following after God for a while. And the longer that you follow after God, the more that you have to praise him for. How many of you have some stuff that you can praise God for? Like if we were to pass a microphone around and you could say, I, I, you know what, I can praise God for this. And we can, we can talk about the ways that God has redeemed us, the way that God has restored us, the way that God has, how about this, the way that God has forgiven us, right? I don't know about you, but I connect with that one pretty much more than almost any other one, right? God has forgiven us. God has redeemed us. How about the mercy of God, right? Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve, right? Now, how about not just the mercy of God, but, but how about the grace of God, right? The things, the gifts that God gives to us. How about the joy that God gives us in the middle of our journey, right? Think about the peace that God gives you when you trust in him. Um, how, about, um, how about the love of God? I mean, how, how many of us can praise God for his love toward us? Um, how, about, how about praising God for, for the fact that he gives us purpose in this life, right? Like he gives us things to do and people to share his love with and, and ways to serve other people, right? How many of you here today, um, well, uh, a year and a half ago, um, I, I, I lay on the emergency uh, operating table uh, where they were trying to keep me alive after a massive heart attack. How many of you can praise God today for breath and life, right? Um, how many of you can praise God because you've seen times where, where you have faced the impossible and God has stepped in and he has, he has, he has saved that marriage, he has provided those finances, right? In the face of extreme impossibility, he has stepped in and done what only he can do. I mean, we are like living, breathing um, pictures, vibrant pictures of who God is and what he's all about. 
Like if we take time today to stop, and this is what I love about, and this is part of the reason why I chose a psalm that only had two verses, so that we could sort of marinate today in this. We have so, so much to praise God for. And I, and I think for a lot of us, we sort of just get, we're, we're, we're in the grind, right? And even if you come to Hope Church or you, or you watch it online um, on a regular basis, maybe even every Sunday, we just sort of get in the grind, right? And we're just sort of doing the deal and we can forget about the magnitude of God. We forget all that he has that, that he's given to us that we can praise him for, the person and the work of Jesus Christ, his son, right? The work of the Holy Spirit in us that empowers us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead courses through our veins as followers of him. Right? We're just walking, talking examples of the power and the presence and the love of God. We have so much to praise him for. And this is why in the original language, it's not a chill sort of calm praise the Lord. It's, it's a shouting, um, passionate, let's get excited about this kind of thing. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I love quiet times, but I'm so glad that we follow after a God that, that, that positions us like that, to be excited about what he's doing, right? to be passionate about following after him. And, you know, when I think of the adventure, and yes, I'm still sort of, no pun intended, coming down off of the high of doing things like cliff jumping, but this is what God has designed for us to experience in our lives. We should have that same sense of exhilaration as we explore the word of God. Like, like, oh, what? When I think of the impact of what I just read, if I'm going to implement that in my life, if I'm going to ask God to do this in my life, what? all of a sudden I get like butterflies in my stomach, like, oh, whoa, no, you know, and then we jump into it and we see God do some amazing things. This is what it means to praise the Lord. We get excited about it. Amen. Well, look at this. Praise the Lord is the first three were are the first three words but look at this so remember this was written to and for jewish people right praise the lord all you nations extol which is similar to praise it's a it means uh the extol is just a fancy word for like applauding like it's a it's a it's it's you know it's like you're at a ball game and you're cheering you know um Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. Now, this would have been shocking for the reader, for the person hearing this song for the first time. Because in this language, the language that God is using here, he's talking about all of the world, including Gentiles. This is also what they would call a messianic psalm because it points to God's love for all people. This would have been shocking for a Jewish person because the love of God, um, the, the presence of God, uh, relationship with God, as far as they knew, was just for Jewish people and people who did Jewish things and went through the Jewish practices. It's not for those people out there unless they convert to Judaism, right? And so unless you come my way and convert to this, then you cannot experience God like I can. 
And in this psalm, the writer is saying that we are to praise the Lord and that we're going to see this in verse 2, that the love of God is for all people. This would have been revolutionary. It would have been crazy. Now, remember, Jesus and his followers would sing this song after the Passover meal before he was betrayed in the garden. So there they are. Jesus has just just said, this is my body, right? I'm going to give my life for you. This, this, this juice represents, this wine represents my blood that I'm going to shed for you. And, and as they do that, immediately right after they do that, they sing this song that says, the love of God is for all people. It's for everybody. Now watch this, verse 2. For great, now this is, he's giving you some reasons now to praise the Lord. You ready? All right. Some of you thought two verses. We're going to get out of here early. No, no, sorry. Sorry, this, this is not how it works. For great is his love. This word great means strong and mighty. For strong and mighty is God's love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. This word, this phrase endures forever. Here's what it means in the original language. Always, eternal, permanent. The love of God, the psalmist says, is powerful, strong, mighty, and permanent in your life. It will stand the test of eternity, this love of God. For all of time, it's strong enough to carry you. It's constant enough to sustain you. The love of God, we can't say this enough, is all that you need as you travel this journey. It is what it is. It will carry you. And so what do we learn in this psalm? Well, we learn that the answer is yes. The answer is yes. And, 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 and what does that mean? Well, what's, what's the question? Here are some questions. Is the love of God enough? Is it great enough? Is it powerful enough? Can it overcome my faults, my doubts, my fears? How about my anger? Can the love of God stick with me even though I sometimes fail or fail over and over and over and over again? Is the love of God for everyone? no matter where they've come from or what they've done? The answer is always yes. In fact, here's another way. Here's my rewording. This is, this is the, uh, the Holy Bible, Tim Coleman version. The love of God is more powerful, more constant, and more far-reaching than we could ever imagine. And so because of that, we praise the Lord. We get excited. 
Some of us here today are facing places and situations in our lives where we're being asked to consider jumping off into the unknown. We have things in front of us that we're not entirely sure about, we're not entirely secure in, we don't know what the outcome is going to be, but we sense that God is probably telling us to go that direction, to have that conversation, to give that money, to do that thing over there, to take that job over there, to start that new ministry over here. You fill in the blank to reconcile with that person, to offer forgiveness in the face of a situation where you don't, you don't need to be the one to offer forgiveness, but God's asking you to do it, right? Different places in our lives where God is asking us to trust him, to step to the edge of the rock and jump off. And we have to be in a place where we, where, where we trust that the love of God waiting for us is strong enough and constant enough and wide enough to be able to catch us when we jump. The Apostle Paul would say it like this in the message version. I pray, I ask God that, that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives. Full in the fullness of God. That's a lot of full in one sentence. God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. And he does it by not pushing us around, that's the law, remember, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. This is what the Psalms do. They remind us of everyday lives and they help us make a connection between our everyday and the divine. And we love the Psalms so much for that. So what does that look like in your life? Um, on the way back from Oahu, we, um, we, were, we were on the plane, and we were coming back, and um, one of our kids uh, was starting to have a bit of anxiety, was, 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 was in the, like, sort of the beginning stages of a panic attack. And um, so I had an open seat right next to me, because I didn't want to sit by anyone in the family at that point in the trip. Um, <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I had an open seat in front of me, and so they, they, they were not sitting right next to me, and they said, hey, can, can, can I come and sit next to you? And I said, sure. And so they came up, and uh, they asked if I could pray with them. And, um, and so I did. And then, uh, and then I pulled up on my, on my phone, I pulled up Philippians 4. Philippians 4, which says that the Lord is near, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And when you do that, you give him your requests. And in exchange, he gives you a peace that passes all understanding. It's a, it's a divine exchange, right? 
And so I, I, had, I, had the, uh, I, I had that and it fit perfectly just on like my screen, those verses. And I, I set it on the trade table next to me and uh, so that they could read it, right? And, uh, and I didn't say anything, right? I just set it there. And, uh, and I could see that they were reading it. And um, they had, they had a, um, an Apple Watch that, um, that tracks your, your, um, your oxygen levels. Um, and their oxygen level had, had dropped way down before they came and sat down next to me. And, um, and, re and, then, and then like a minute later, just super excitedly, they, they grabbed my arm and they're like, dad, 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 look, 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 look. I was reading the verse and I was thinking about it and praying about it. And she, show, the, uh, she showed me her watch and it was, her, her blood oxygen was back at 100%, right? And, and I just remember thanking God so much. I was praising God inside. I, I was super excited. Um, and, and I just was praising God so much that for one of my children, they were able to experience the goodness of God in a moment of crisis. And God met them there and they were able to finish out the flight and it was great and they had a great trip. God wants to do the same for you. He wants, he's asking us to jump into his love, which is true and it's good and it's right and it's safe and it will take us through everything that he has for us. And so the question is for you and me today, will we choose to take the leap? Will you choose again to jump into the love of God? And maybe for some of you, it's been a while since you've taken a leap. And maybe for you, maybe your prayer today is to go to God and say, God, you know what? I'm pretty comfortable in my faith. I haven't really pushed on my faith in, in a while. God, I, I want to. I, I want more. I want more of you. Would you help me? Show me where I need to trust you and then help me to do it. We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways to, you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.